Hello, everyone. My name is Shreya, and you are listening to the Harry Potter Podcast, in which every episode, I read a chapter of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. In the previous episode, we read chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel. And in this episode, we will be reading chapter 14, Norbert the Norway Ridgeback. So let's begin. Chapter 14, Norbert the Norway Ridgeback. Burl, however, must have been braver than they thought. In the weeks that followed, he did seem to be getting paler and thinner, but it didn't look as though he'd cracked yet. Every time they passed the third floor corridor, Harry, Ron, and Hermione would press their ears to the door to check that Fluffy was still growling inside. Snape was sweeping about his usual bad temper, which surely meant that the stone was still safe. Whenever Harry passed Quirrell these days, he gave an encouraging sort of smile, and Ron had started telling people off for laughing at Quirrell's stutter. Hermione, however, had more on her mind than the Philosopher's Stone. She had started drawing up revision timetables and color-coding all her notes. Harry and Ron wouldn't have minded, but she kept nagging them to do the same. Hermione, the exams are ages away. Ten weeks! Hermione snapped. That's not ages. That's like second to Nicholas Flamel. But we're not 600 years old, Ron reminded her. Anyway, what are you revising for? You already know it all. What am I revising for? Are you mad? You realize we need to pass these exams to get in our second year. They're very important. I should have already started studying a month ago. I don't know what's gotten into me. Unfortunately, the teachers seemed to be thinking along the same lines as Hermione. They piled so much homework on them that the Easter holidays weren't nearly as fun as the Christmas ones. It was hard to relax when Hermione next to you reciting the twelve uses of dragon's blood or practicing wand movements, moaning and yawning. Harry and Ron spent most of their free time in the library with her trying to get through all of their extra work. I'll never remember this, Ron burst out one afternoon, throwing down his quill and looking longingly out of the library window. It was the first really fine day they'd had in months. The sky was clear, forget-me-not blue, and there was a feeling in the air of summer coming. Harry, who was looking up tinny in one thousand magical herbs and fungi, didn't look up until he heard Ron say, Hagrid, what are you doing in the library? Hagrid shuffled into view, hiding something behind his back. He looked out very out of place in his moleskin overcoat. Just looking, he said in a shifty voice that got their interest at once. And what you lot doing up here? He looked suddenly suspicious. You're not still looking for Nicholas Femel, are you? Uh, we found out who he is ages ago said Ron impressively, and we know what the dog's guarding. It's the philosopher's... Shh! Hagrid looked around quickly to see if anyone was listening. Don't go shouting about it. What's the matter with you? There are a few things we wanted to ask you. As a matter of fact, said Harry, about the guarding the stone apart from Fluffy. Shh! said Hagrid again. Listen, come and see me later, and I'm not promising I'll tell you anything. Mind, but don't go rabbiting about. 
it in here. Students are supposed to know. They'll think I've told you. See you later, then, said Harry. Hagrid shuffled off. What was he hiding behind his back? said Hermione thoughtfully. Do you think it had anything to do with the Philosopher's Stone? I'm going to see what section he was in, said Ron, who'd had enough of working. He came back a minute later with a pile of books in his arms and slammed it down on the table. Dragons! He whispered. Hagrid was looking about dragons. Look at these! Dragon species of Great Britain and Ireland from Egg to Inferno, a dragon's keeper guide. Hagrid always wanted a dragon. He told me on the first time I ever met him, said Harry. But it's against our laws. Dragon breeding was outlawed by the Warlocks Convention of 1709. Everyone knows that. It's hard to stop muggles noticing us if we're keeping dragons in the back garden anyway. You can't tame dragons. It's dangerous. You should see the burns Charlie's got off wild ones in Romania. But there aren't wild dragons in Britain, said Harry. Of course there are, said Ron. Come on, common Welsh green and her bright and blacks. The Ministry of Magic has a job hushing them up, I can tell you. Our lot have to keep putting spells on muggles who have spotted them to make them forget. So what on earth's Hagrid up to, said Hermione. Knocked on the door of the gamekeeper's hut. An hour later, they were surprised to see that all the curtains were closed. Hagrid called, Who is it? before he let them in, and then shut the door quickly behind them. It was a stifling hot inside. Even though it was such a warm day, there was a blazing fire in the grate. Hagrid made them tea and offered them stoked sandwiches which they refused. So, you wanted to ask me something? Yes, said Harry. There was no point beating about the bush. We were wondering if you could tell us what's guarding the philosopher's stone, apart from Fluffy. Hagrid frowned at him. Of course I can't, he said. Number one, I don't know myself. Number two, you know too much already, so I wouldn't tell you if I could. The stone's here for good reason. It was almost stolen out of Gringotts. I suppose you've worked that out on all of you. Beats me how you even knew about Fluffy. Oh, come on, Hagrid. You might not want to tell us, but you do know. You know everything that goes on around here, said Hermione in a warm, flattering voice. Hagrid's beard twitched, and they could tell he was smiling. We only wondered who had done the guarding, really. Hermione went on. We wondered who Dumbledore had trusted enough to help him, apart from you. Hagrid's chest swelled at these last words. Hermione and Ron beamed at Hermione. Well, I suppose it couldn't hurt to tell you that. Let, uh, let's see. He borrowed Fluffy from me. Then some of the teachers did enchantments. Professor Sprout... Professor Flitwick, Professor McGonagall, he ticked them off on his fingers, Professor Quirrell, and Dumbledore himself did something, of course. Hang on, I've forgotten someone. Oh yeah, Professor Snape. Snape? Yeah. You're not still on about that, are you? Look, Snape helped protect the stone. He's not about to steal it.
Harry knew Ron and Hermione were thinking the same as he was. If Snape had been in on protecting the stone, it must have been easy to find out how the other teachers had guarded it. He probably knew everything, except it seemed Quirrell's spell and how to get past Fluffy. You're the only one who knows how to get past Fluffy, aren't you, Hagrid? said Harry anxiously. And you wouldn't tell anyone, would you? Not even one of the teachers. Not a soul except me and Dumbledore, said Hagrid proudly. Well, that's something, Harry muttered to the others. Hagrid, can you open the window? I'm boiling. Can't, Harry, sorry, said Hagrid. Harry noticed him glance at the fire. Harry looked at it, too. Hagrid, what's that? But he already knew what it was. In the very heart of the fire, underneath the kettle, was a huge black egg. Ah, said Hagrid, fiddling nervously with his beard. That's a... Where'd you get that, Hagrid? said Ron, crouching over the fire to get a closer look at the egg. It must have caught you a fortune. Won it, said Hagrid. Last night, I was down at the village, had a few drinks, and got a came of cards with a stranger. think he was quite glad to get rid of it, to be honest. But what are you going to do with it when it's hatched? said Hermione. Well, I've been doing some reading, said Hagrid, pulling a large book from his pillow. Got this out of the library. Dragon breeding for pleasure and profit. It's a bit out of date, of course. But it's all in here. Keep the egg in the fire because the mothers breathe on them. See, and when it hatches, feed it a bucket of brandy mixed with chicken blood every hour. And see here. How to recognize different eggs. What I've got is a normal Ridgeback. They're rare, them. He looked very pleased with himself, for Hermione didn't. Hagrid, you live in a wooden house, he said. But Hagrid wasn't listening. He was humming merrily as he stroked the fire. So now they had something else to worry about. What might have happened to Hagrid if anyone find out he was hiding an illegal dragon in his hut? Wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life, Ron sighed. As evening after evening, they struggled through all the extra homework they were getting. Hermione had now started making revision timetables for Harry and Ron, too. It was driving them mad. The one breakfast time. Hedwig brought Harry another note from Hagrid. He had written only two words. It's hatching. Ron wanted to skip her biology to go straight down to the hut. Hermione wouldn't hear of it. Hermione, how many times in our lives are we going to see a dragon hatching? We've got lessons. We're going to in trouble. And that's nothing with to do what Hagrid's going to do when he finds out what he's doing. Shut up, Harry whispered. Malfoy was only a few feet away, and he hadn't stopped dead to listen. How much have he heard? Harry didn't like the look on Malfoy's face at all. Ron and Hermione argued all the way to Herbology, and in the end, Hermione agreed to run down to Hagrid's with the other two during morning break. When the bell sounded from the castle to the end of the lesson, the three of them dropped their trolls at once and hurried through the grounds at the edge of the forest. Hagrid greeted them, looking flushed and excited. It's nearly out. He ushered them inside. 
the egg was lying on the table. There was a deep crack in it. Some was moving inside. A funny clicking noise was coming from it. They all drew to the chairs up to the table and watched with bated breath. At all at once, there was a scrapping noise and the egg split open. The baby dragon flopped onto its table. It wasn't exactly pretty. Harry thought it looked a bit crumbled black umbrella. Its spinny wings were huge compared to its skinny jet body, and it was a long snout with wide nostrils, stubs of horns, and bulging orange eyes. It sneezed. A couple of sparks flew out of its snout. Isn't it beautiful? Hagrid murmured. He reached out of his hands to stroke the dragon's head. It snapped in his fingers, showing pointed fangs. Bless him! Look, he knows his mummy, Hagrid. Hagrid, said Hermione, how fast do Norway Ridgeback grow, exactly? Hagrid was about to answer when the color suddenly drained from his face. He leapt to his feet and ran to the window. What's the matter? Someone's looking through the gap of the curtain. It's a kid. He ran back up to the stool. Harry blowed up to the door and looked out. Even at a distance, there was no mistaking him. Malfoy had seen the dragon. Something about his smile looking at Malfoy's face during the next week made Harry, Ron, and Hermione very nervous. They spent most of their free time in Hagrid's darkened hut, trying to reason with him. Just let him go, Harry urged him. Set him free. I can't, said Hagrid. He's too little. He'll die. They looked at the dragon. It had grown three times length in a week. Smoke kept furling out of his nostrils. Hagrid hadn't been doing his gamekeeping duties because of the dragon was keeping him so busy. There was empty brandy, bottles of chicken feathers, all over the floor. I've decided to call him Norbert, said Hagrid, looking at the dragon's misty eyes. He really knows me now. Watch. Norbert! Norbert! Where's Mummy? He's lost his marbles, Ron muttered in Harry's ear. Hagrid, said Harry loudly, give it a fortnight and Norbert's going to be as long as your house. Malfoy could go to Dumbledore at any moment. Hagrid bit his lip. I, I know I can't keep him forever, but I can't just dump him. I can't. Harry suddenly turned to Ron. Charlie, he said, you're losing it. Too said Ron. I'm Ron, remember? No, Charlie, your brother Charlie in Romania, studying dragons. We could send Norbert to him. Charlie could take him and put him in the wild. Brilliant, said Ron. How about it, Hagrid? And in the end, Hagrid agreed that they could send an owl to Charlie to ask him. The following week dragged by. Wednesday night found Hermione and Harry sitting alone in the common room long after everyone else had gone to bed the clock on the wall had just chimed midnight when the portrait hole burst open ron appeared out of nowhere as he pulled off harry's invisibility croak he had been down at hagrid's hut helping him feed norbert who was now eating dead rats by the crate it bit me he said showing them his hand which was wrapped in a bloody handkerchief. I'm not going to be able to hold a quill for a week, I'll tell you. The dragon's the most horrible animal I've ever met. But 
the way Hagrid goes on about him, you think it's a fluffy little bunny rabbit. When it bit me, he told me off for frightening it, and when I left, he was singing a lullaby. There was a tap on the dark window. It's Hedwig, said Harry, hurrying to let her in. She'll have Charlie's answer. The three of them put their heads together to read the note. Dear Ron, how are you? Thanks for the letter. I'd been glad to take Nora Ridgeback, but it won't be easy getting him here. I think the best thing will be to send him over with some friends of mine who are coming to visit next week. Trouble is, they mustn't be seen carrying an illegal dragon. Could you get the Ridgeback up to the tallest tower at midnight on Saturday? They could meet you there and take him away while it's still dark. Send me an answer as soon as possible. Love, Charlie. They looked at each other. We've got an invisibility cloak, said Ron. It shouldn't be too difficult. I think the cloak is big enough to cover two of us and Norbert. It was a mark of how bad the last week had been that the two agreed with him. Anything to get rid of Norbert and Malfoy. There was a hitch. By next morning, Ron's bitten hand had swollen twice its usual size. He didn't know whether it was safe to go to Madame Pomfrey, or she would have asked him how he got it. But by afternoon, though, he had no choice. The cut had not turned a nasty shade of green. It looked as like if Norbert's fangs were poisonous. Harry and Hermione rushed at the hospital wing at the end of the day, and to find Ron in a terrible state in bed. It's not my hand, he whispered, although it feels like it's about to fall off. Malfoy didn't want him for he wanted to borrow one of my books so he could come and have a good laugh at me. He kept threatening to tell her what really bit me. I've told her it was a dog, but I don't think she believes me. I shouldn't have hit him at Quidditch match, and that's why he's doing this. Harry and Hermione tried to calm round down. It will be all over on midnight at Saturday, said Hermione. But this didn't soothe Ron at all. On the contrary, he sat bolt upright and broke into a sweat. Midnight on Saturday, he said in the hoarse voice. Oh, um, no, I just remembered. Harry's letter was in the book Malfoy took. He's going to know we're getting rid of Norbert. Harry and Hermione didn't get a chance to answer. Madame Pomfrey came in the moment and made them leave, saying Ron needed sleep. It's too late to change the plan now, Harry told Hermione. We haven't got time to send Charlie another owl, and this could be our only chance to get rid of Norbert. We'll have to risk it. And we ha got an invisibility cloak. Malfoy doesn't know about that. They found Fang, the Borham, sitting outside with a bandaged tail when they went to tell Hagrid, who opened the window, to talk to them. I won't let you in. He puffed. Norbert's in a tricky stage. Nothing I can't handle. When he told him about Charlie's letter, his eyes filled with tears. Although, that he might have been Norbert had just bitten him on his leg. Ah! It's alright. I only got my boot. This plane, he's only a baby after all. The be baby banged its tail on the wall, making the windows rattle. Harry and Hermione walked back into the castle, feeling Saturday. Couldn't come quickly enough. They would have felt sorry for Hagrid, 
but the time came for them to say good-bye. To know what, if they hadn't been so worried about it, what they had to do. It was very dark, cloudy night, and they were a bit late arriving at Hagrid's hut because they had to wait for Peeves to get out of their way in the entrance hall, where he had been playing tennis against the wall. Hagrid had Norbert packed and ready in a large crate. He's got lots of rats and some brandy for the journey, said Hagrid in a muffled voice, and I packed his teddy bear just in case he gets lonely. From inside the crate, ripping noises and sounded too. Harry, as a teddy boy, was having his head torn off. Bye-bye, Norbert, Hagrid sobbed as Harry and Hermione covered the crate with the invisibly cloak and stepped underneath itself. Mama will never forget you. How they managed to get the crate back up to the castle, they never knew. Midnight ticked near as they heaved Norbert up the marble staircase in the entrance hall and along the dark corridors, up another staircase, and then another, even one of Harry's shortcuts, didn't make the work much easier. Nearly there, Harry panted as they reached the corridor beneath the tallest tower. Then a sudden movement ahead of them made them almost drop their cape. Forgetting that they had were already invisible, they shrank into the shadows, staring at the dark outlines of two people, and were grappling with each other. Ten feet away, a lamp flared. Professor McGonagall, in a tartan dressing gown, and hairnet in Malfoy by the ear. Detention, said she shouted, and twenty points from Southern, wandering around at midnight of the night. How dare you? You don't understand, Professor. Harry, po Harry Potter is coming. He's got a dragon. What utter rubbish. How dare you tell such lies? Come on, I shall see Professor Snape about you, Malfoy. The steep spiral staircase up on the top of the tower seemed the easiest thing in the world after that. Not until they stepped out of the cold night air did they throw off the cloak. Glad to be able beneath to breathe properly again. Hermione did a sort of a jig. Malfoy's got detention. I could sing. Don't, Harry advised her. Chuckling around Malfoy, they waited. Limber thrashing around in his crate. About ten minutes later, four broomsticks came sweeping down out into the darkness. Charlie's friends were a lot, cheerly lot. They showed up at Harry and Hermione's. The harness they rigged up so they could suspend Norbert between them. They all helped buckle Norbert safely into it, and Harry and Hermione shook hands with the others and thanked them very much. At last, Norbert was going, going, gone. They slipped back down to the spiral staircase, their hearts as light as their hands. Now that Norbert was off, then no one, no more dragon, Malfoy's in detention, what could spoil their happiness? The answer to that was waiting at the foot of their stairs, as there was a stepped into the corridor. Filch's face loomed suddenly and in the darkest. Well, 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 he whispered. We are in trouble. They had left the invisible cloak on the top of the tower. Thank you for listening to me read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Chapter 14, Norbert the Nora Ridgeback. In the next episode, we will be reading Chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest. If you have any compliments or suggestions for this podcast, you can always reach us at the Instagram of the Harry Potter Podcast, which will be in the website, which is given in the description below.
Hope you enjoyed this and I'll see you next time. Bye!